1: How did the Raptors pull this one out? Is this the end of the Warriors' dynasty? Did the East become the better conference? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the P-Ball Breakdown live show slash podcast slash last live show of the year. Joined, as always, by Jared Weiss, it's a bit of a bittersweet show that we're having here. But thank you all for coming in. We got tons of people streaming in already to the YouTube channel and the Periscope. Uh, Jared, I don't know. I, I, it it kind of feels okay to kind of just be done with the season, doesn't it? Uh, a little
0: bit. I mean, I'm really sad that the series is over. Although I'm glad that nobody else had to get you know get their lives ruined for another game. I mean, Clay, who yeah, knows know. what that injury is going to be? But it's like every single game, somebody was going down or coming back, going down. I'm glad that part at least is over.
1: Yeah. Now, the other thing I would say is that they didn't really deserve... The Warriors did not deserve to win this game. And yet, they were right there and had a chance to do something interesting with it. But uh, with all the turnovers they made in a finals game, when a knockout game, you just can't afford to do it. Now, I need to go check the real quick, the, um, the box score, because... Let's say they had 16, which isn't like a ton, but it's probably about four more than they should have had, or five more at least because some of them were so dumb. And I tell you, any one of those, and they probably win that game. Uh, one thing I just want to mention, that Draymond 3 in the left corner, uh, they only gave him two. They didn't review it or anything. So I don't know. I imagine like if they had that one point when it was done, they were down by one with the ball. Like That's, that's, that's interesting to me.
0: Yeah, I'm not really sure how we're supposed to reconcile that fact. Like, what? What do they anything? even do?
1: Yeah, but they again. So Dr- for as good as Draymond was, he was like grabbing so many rebounds and getting after they were getting. Finally, they're getting some stops in the fourth quarter, and he was everywhere getting the rebounds. But geez, Louise, he threw he threw an outlet pass away to Quinn Cook that you know could have been a layup, but he threw it about ten feet short. Um, and then he had another one where he jumped in the air and had to like throw, try to throw a, uh, a kick out past Iguodala, who was cutting back door. I mean, some of those are really. I mean, listen, I want to let's make sure we give the Raptors as much credit as they possibly can. Uh, I just, I'm just sort of like scratching my head on the unforced turnovers that the Warriors made, and all to sort of accentuate the fact that the Warrior, the Raptors, simply just deserve to be hoisting the trophy right now.
0: Yeah, and sorry, I had some sort of weird lag thing going on. But, yeah, the um, the Draymond pass where he drove down the middle and then tried to kick it out to the right elbow and just threw it out of bounds towards the end there. That was the one that just
1: – well you know, it was
0: just like, what the hell are you th-
1: – Yeah, but I want to give Cook some crap on that one ahead. too. Okay. You know? Because you Cook, think Cook wasn't understand. in the right spot. Yeah, he can't make that pass to the corner where he was moving because that's where the screen was for him. He needs to kind of move up and, and give him give him that angle better. But, you know, again, they, the Raptors were so good at taking away the primary attack of the Warriors that they were deep, deep into their third, fourth, fifth options on their offense. So it's not that surprising that they're going to have the communication errors. I think it was more the turnovers and, you know, the defense. Uh, they, they uh, The Raptors continually were able to move the ball. And, you know, every time the Warriors needed to stop... Uh, Ibaka would come up with a huge bucket, an easy bucket, but a big bucket they'd create for him. Same with Pat, uh, Siakam. Uh, those two guys hit really key buckets, not necessarily the hardest shots to make, but they just were right there for them and uh, and, and kept that lead that they had for a while there. Well, they
0: were hitting a lot of kind of like sh- you know, short 10-footers on the roll or posting out from the block and trying to kind of jump out towards the middle high part of the paint. You know, they weren't really, they were all like kind of awkward shots, and just so many of them went in, and a lot of those kind of similar shots weren't yeah. falling for Golden State. And again, you got to, I think those are the two guys that probably deserve the most credit for just the fact that they kept coming through over and over, playing from the block, playing as a role man. It was just so weird how Toronto kind of won the series, playing maybe like. 10-year throwback basketball it was hitting the roll man on the pick and roll working the elbow from the weeks or i mean the block from the weak side uh there wasn't a lot of they, they were running kind of the antidote to what golden state was running in the series
1: um. Yes. Uh, and then, and then we also okay. I guess let's, let's address the Clay Thompson injury because that threw the the Warriors' wrote lineups into a complete disarray as well. So we had Steve Kerr running out a lineup that had like Looney and Cousins and Livingston all together in the same lineup. Um, probably never had played together all year long. I could probably check that in a minute of NBA. Wowie, but um, you know, it, it was really a tough thing. And I think this is just goes to show you what happens. You play enough games. And you know you, the injury thing is just gonna eventually probably it's gonna catch up to you. I think I, I don't know. Maybe the Bulls in their six year run never really had to deal with that. I can, I can as far as I can remember, uh, really. Rodman had some issues in the in the in the fifth and sixth titles, but they kept their big three intact: the first three with Horace Grant, Pippen, and Jordan. So it's like. Um, it's, it's, you know, but this is five years in a row, right? That's the Bill Bulls didn't have to do that. So, um, you know, it's just really unfortunate because now we're worried about Clay Thompson. I, I, I'm, I would be 90% positive. He did something to his ACL and it's probably not good, even though he was jumping around. Um, I think that's adrenaline. I think that once it calms down, he's going to realize he's got a, a really serious knee problem.
0: I mean, the, the one good thing is that as we were reminded with Katie's injury, usually when it's a complete tear, the person's not in the ton of pain because, most of the pain and the tear comes from if it's a partial tear, the fact that the newly exposed ends of the ligament are rubbing up against each other and causing a ton of pain. So okay. usually if it's a complete tear, you're the person can kind of just limp it off. Um, so hopefully that means that he doesn't have a he only has a partial tear or a really bad sprain or something like that. We'll see. Um, we have a. The, couple the, couple. Yeah, go ahead. He at least got out of it somewhat unscathed. There, and didn't, you know, didn't come away with another devastating injury. So at least Golden State can have their core back next year and make another run at it. Uh
1: yes, Hopefully. the core being, I guess, well, they have to sign Draymond and Clay, right? Those two guys are free agents, which I assume they probably
0: will. Yeah, I mean, uh, Clay sounds like he would.
1: Well, now, st- yeah. oh, go, ahead, go ahead. Well, we had a good question over in the um, in the uh, Periscope. The first one, uh, woobie Thirty says, "Well, Coach, why doesn't Curry shoot threes anymore?" Or take people off the dribble anymore. Well, I mean, if I go to the box score, Curry took uh, how many? Threes? They ran the game-winning play for him to take a three. Okay, let's talk what about that. About. Let's get into that because I I, I kind of tweeted it out saying it was very very head scratching um, that they would have they, they had nine seconds to go and they throw the Brad Stevens special, um, which you know is a risky play. It's the kind of thing you reserve when you're down like. Two or three, and there's only like four seconds left on the clock. It's a four-second
0: play, very specifically. I, I I just tweeted that. I wrote a story about it. It's called "Winner." It's the name of the play. Okay. I wrote a, I wrote a feature on it um, when the Celtics ran it unsuccessfully in the playoffs last year. Right. And it's it's a fascinating play, and it's used throughout the WNBA. It's using college. It's using the NBA a little bit, but yeah, the the play is is timed up perfectly to run it when you have four seconds left because when the postman catches it on a lob over the weak side, then you get the screen coming or for the, the curler coming around. You pass it out to him. He gets the shot off with about a second and a half left. That's why you run it. You run it because you know you have either the quick pass for the shot with like two seconds left, or if that doesn't materialize, the post-up guy can take a fadeaway you know, baseline jumper. And they weren't in that kind of situation, so I was really surprised. But at, at the other hand, they got him a pretty decent look. Like, it was not right. a bad look at all. Right. But so here, but, but if you're trying to problem. get a decent look, that's
1: what you accomplish. Yes, yeah. but he's going to his right, which is the harder look when you're going that way. Although Curry, I don't know if it matters for I think Curry. for him,
0: he prefers it, though.
1: Uh okay, but I still think it's harder. I don't know whether he prefers it or not. It is harder. Uh, So, but there, you know, I, I had this vision. I'm like, okay, they got nine seconds. They can easily attack on the top and generate like a really good shot to win. You know, they're only down by one uh, in the lane or something like that, uh, or draw foul because remember they can't they can't foul. Uh, you know, or put him on the line to lose the game. So it, it was really—it's it, still a head-scratching thing to me that they that they would have done it that way with that much time. Uh, you know, it, 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 I guess when you get to that level and you've won so much, then it's almost like yeah, because you saw Steve Kerr kind of put his hand on Curry's back, knowing that was it—that was the game. Even though there was a couple of another possession after that, and you just kind of said, you know what, like let, let's just do the home run. And, you know, what we will give you a shot at being the, an all their all time amazing shot. And if it doesn't go in, but it's not I just it wasn't the right decision. I don't think especially when you're down, you know, to knock out game for them. But uh, again, I think at this point with Clay going down with KD going down, everybody is so banged up. It just probably felt like, you know what, let's just you know, this is going to be it. Let's just let's just throw all the marbles on the table and, and take all the percentages out of the equation.
0: Well, the big thing I don't understand is that I know that Steph Curry's three pointer, especially off the catch, is probably the best single shot that they have available to them. But it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the it's the easiest and you know most likely shot that they have in their entire arsenal there. And they're going to that only down one. And I just I just feel like attacking the rim finding a way to attack the rim is got to be the better mm-hmm. look just because of the chance of drawing a foul, Right, um, which I feel like in that moment probably would have gotten called if they got a decent amount of contact based on the way the game had been getting called down the stretch. But I'm sure that at least one of Steve's assistants was kind of giving a, an opinion on do we think we would get a call if we drove the lane. So I'm sure that factored into it. I mean, you know, Steve Kerr is very experienced in this area, so I'm sure they had a pretty well-reasoned discussion on how, to, how they best wanted to go about it.
1: Yeah, maybe. But it was clearly a big gamble to go for that home run ball. And while I might not have agreed with the risk-slash-reward, if you're the kind of person who thought it was a great move, then you must be the kind of person who wants to put some money down on some games. And the best place to do that is betonline.ag. Baseball season is in full swing and there's plenty of value from game to game in such a long season. Even better, because you're a loyal listener to this pod, we're giving you an extra 50% added onto your sports betting bankroll when you go to clnsmedia.com/bball and use code CLNS50. A minimum deposit of 25 bucks is required to qualify and then your bonus is added on to your balance within seconds. Please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses by heading over to BetOnline.ag bball. And don't forget to use the code CLNS50 for your 50% bonus on your first ever deposit let's talk a little bit more about the Raptors because, again, now they're champions, and I got a really cool video coming up. I have, uh, I have to do it, but I, did, I got a cool idea about tracing how they put this team together. So I'm going to do that in the next like couple of days. But, um, you know, Kawhi Leonard, obviously, he's going to get the uh, MVP. I, I kind of turned it off. I'm assuming he's getting the MVP right now. Uh, let's uh, see. Right announced? now,
0: Doris Burke is talking to Fred Van Fleet who is my MVP in the deepest of my heart. But yeah, I mean, it's obviously going to be Kawhi.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know,
0: I know uh, our buddy, Sam Amick tweeted out uh, his ballot for Kawhi uh, right after last game, because okay. they had already done the MVP voting before the game flipped on its head with like a couple minutes left. So uh, I, obviously Kawhi helping them lead the charge and Kawhi literally being the one to close it out there yeah. with a, three-point play that they didn't give him which was super confusing at the end but whatever that was
1: i think it was um, late right i think I, I feel like he released it late but that then, must have been it okay but then the clock didn't yeah. expire it was weird the, the, the referee again uh what did you think about uh, well okay i guess we'll go to the referee for a second uh again there was some head scratching calls but i uh, thankfully right it wasn't tipping the scales too far in either direction it felt like
0: yeah i i don't think there's much to complain about in this one okay um
1: Yeah, I mean, I wrote down a a bunch, but like, yeah, it wasn't anything that really was crazy. Now, Lowry, I think, is the key here. When they get good play out of him, they're they're like, you know, I can't consider them, like, unbeatable, because they really, the Warriors had the game. I think if they had, had cleaned up a couple turnovers and whatever, they would have won it, but uh, and that was despite not having Clay for a lot of the game, but when Lowry plays like that, nine for sixteen, four for seven from three, and was was absolutely just detonated in the first half. Because I think was the other thing. He was sort of was a, a AOL, a AOL, AOL in the second half, right? He had he had twenty two in the first half. Yeah. So he had four points in the second, right? Didn't, and was really kind of not around. He did have ten ten assists, but overall, that, that those numbers are very important for them. And he just controlled the, the the possessions really well and was able to generate shots for other people too. Um, and when they get that kind of play, then yeah, they're really really hard to beat.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. I just have to I have to drop a couple of things that are happening uh, okay. right now. Uh, Kawhi Leonard won MVP, obviously. Uh, um, he was, he said, Kawhi, what about your future? I mean, this is a quote that someone uh, from Arsenal tweeted out. So I don't know 100% if it's true, but I think it's true. Um, Kawhi, what about your future? Answer that's definitely ahead of me. No question about it.
1: Right. He's very, very literal with his answers. <laughs> um, so we, we have a it few super is. chats before. Okay. I just, Sorry, and I apologize. I didn't even see him. They came in quickly in the beginning. Alexander Varga, thank you so much. And he says, thank you, Dub Nation. Congrats, Raptors. It's very yeah, We want to make sure we're as gracious as possible to the Raptors because this is a really exciting story to, to be able to beat the Warriors in, in Canada, the whole thing. The shiny hexerus. Said Clay had thirty and two quarters. Tell me they don't win with him. Uh, and again, thank you for that uh, one. And then Screwler, Kyle Lowry has a chip. How do you reconcile that? And that's another great question because Kyle Lowry had been on that scrap heap and that had, been the, had been the you know the the, the guy who we would all just blame for all their problems uh, along with the other DeRozan. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I, it, it's probably safe to say that they yeah, are the Warriors win if Clay doesn't go down, right? Probably,
0: I probably. think so. The yeah. game, not the series, the game. Right, the game. Obviously, it would be Game 7 wide open. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. We,
1: yeah. I, oh, okay. The one point they took away from Draymond's three gets balanced out by the Draymond uh, offensive interference they didn't call. So, a good call by Brody on that one. Like uh, that. that was, in my way, an egregiously bad call. Like, it was so clear that it was over the rim. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think you know, the referees sometimes get really caught up in watching what the bodies are doing. And they kind of it's hard to get their eyes up quickly enough. And, and it was and it was a w- interesting thing where he almost pulled it away and then did it. So that was another interesting mo- mo- uh, motion out of that. But, uh, yeah. So I thought he had
0: pulled away. That was a surprising part. It was. CD yeah. Replay. It turns out he had not
1: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't close. I think half the ball was still in the cylinder. Right. Yeah. Oh, it was definitely yeah. over. No question. Yeah. Now, how about this? Look, Steve Kerr almost wins the game running 2-3 zone. I mean, that really kind of stymied them. Uh, and uh, that was year crazy, year of the too. zone, baby. <laughs> By the way, there's no question that teams should run zone more. I, I think even if it's for once, just to kind of screw around with the timing and then go back, they should be running a 2-2-1, very passive press to take six seconds off the shot clock before they get across half court. I really don't understand why you can't do that, even that full court press, like just 10 times a game. I'm, you know, and that would screw around with ten of those possessions. Maybe they shoot like twenty percent on those, and then you can win the game by six points. It's, it's crazy to me they don't do it. I thought
0: we talked about this during the first round when we were talking about. I think we were talking about Milwaukee, how they were, how Giannis was able to just burst down the middle with ease. And we were just talking about how you should have a have just somebody planted on the nail basically to intercept whoever's trying to drive down the middle, and just kind of mix it up, you know, yeah. every in the third quarter a couple of times early fourth quarter stuff like that just to keep them on their toes especially when you have a second unit out there with a star where they're not you know they don't have the offensive chemistry necessarily and they're just not as good at improvising against a different defensive scheme um, but it's like you know why not just do it for three possessions or do you know two on, one off and then three on something like that just yeah. to throw them off so they don't smell a pattern and just do it for a few possessions. And, well,
1: yeah, yeah. What, you're, what you're describing is a little bit like Dean Smith's point zone, which is basically mm-hmm. four guys playing zone around the center who just plays along the line of deployment. So wherever the ball is, he's on that line between the ball and the basket. And, you know, you can do that in the NBA as long as you're out of the lane uh, or you have you have three seconds to get out of the lane. And that way, and, but it's really cool because the other four guys kind of re- revolve around. So there might be times basically, on how the ball skips where a guy in the right low block ends up going base line all the way around to the left corner if he has to on the rotation um i ran it a little bit when i had a really big center who i didn't want to come out and uh it really really works and i think that the mavericks did a version of that back in 2011 when they when they beat the the uh, heat and um again it's just it is mind-boggling with the way coaches are going the way we all the knowledge that we have that we don't see that enough uh, we don't see it more um you know i think the most we saw was maybe the heat doing the regular two three zone right
0: Yeah. yeah all right you know what we're the B-ball breakdown pod here, so you know we're supposed to do X and O analysis, but we—I feel like in this moment we should focus on the big picture at hand here. Okay. Looking at, we what just had a remarkable finals win in which the Raptors won it. Which, by the way, did it? Did I say during the second round that I thought the Raptors were going to be the big threat to win the title? I definitely did not have them winning the title, but I think I had them as the team I expected to be the big threat. So. Okay. Well, uh, you know, just just, just a, in the back.
1: oh I, no, I'm patting my back harder because in January, I did a video that said why Heyo. the Raptors get to the finals. I didn't say they're going to win it, but I said they get to the finals. And I, I, by the way, and you I forgot
0: them training for Marcus. Soul is one of your. Uh, I
1: did. I, I knew that, that was going to happen. And yep. then uh, you know what? Yeah, because I think it was before that. And then um, and I, by the way, I put it all on Lowry. Like when Lowry plays like he did tonight, that that's that's what that's the X factor they needed. Although you know, yeah, Valentinus you know, he was big with them for in the playoffs the year before, so he, he you know, he could do some things. But I guess Gasol yeah. does unlock more of their stuff, and they certainly fell in love with that high post split with Gasol on the, on the on the elbow, which they didn't do as much for of Balanchunas. But anyway, um, but yeah, so we can both pat ourselves on the back a little bit there on that one. Uh, oh. But again, the, you know, it just didn't seem clear to me that they'd win in six uh, in, in, by any stretch when the when the series started. Okay, well where I
0: wanted to go with that was I thought we'd talk about some of the great achievements of the Toronto team. And cause we, we let out this podcast just kind of diving into what did the Warriors do at the end there? It's like, let's recognize the greatness of what Toronto's accomplished. And let's start with Kyle Lowry because Kyle Lowry, we talked in the second round or first round, I forget when about whether or not Lowry needed to be replaced by Fred Van Fleet because he was playing so poorly. Then there was a time where we talked about whether Fred Van Fleet needed to be replaced by, um, uh, I almost said Delon, right. Uh, why am I blinking on the other guy in the rotation right now? It my Powell? Mind. Powell. Wow. Yeah. Norm Powell. Oh, my God. Uh, and so I almost hey. said Terrence Ross, too. It's been a long day. Oh, wow. So Terrence Ross, mama. Yeah. But so uh, both of those guys were, what, two? and th- I, I guess you can't really pick who was the second most important because, like, everybody across the board and their six core guys was huge. But. Um, those guys were just so they were the perfect matchup against this Warriors team because they ran the pick and roll so comfortably. Uh, Both of them did a really good job of coming over screens and shooting. We saw Fred did that really well tonight. Lowry has just been so good playmaking, just getting past the screen level and being able to hit the short roll guy. And they ran pick and roll better than any team I can think of against the Warriors in the playoffs in the last five years. I can't think of any team that's Ran pick and roll that consistently down their throats and really forced them to choose whether they want to overload, how, who they want to rotate in. I, I feel, I just feel like Nick Nurse did a perfect read on how to take advantage of Golden State with, um, with Durant down and with uh, Cousins not really ready defensively, and they just they came up with the perfect game plan.
1: Uh, I agree. I agree. And, and we showed that in one of my breakdowns of the finals where they, uh, they were just eviscerating them with the pick and roll. And again, it's way, yeah, once one guy goes down, the other guy's a little bit hurt, whatever, it just bumps everything off. The rotations get off. And, uh, and I think that Kerr, you know, just sort of had to throw up his hands. They weren't going to be like running pick and roll defense drills in between games. And they just had to sort of, you know, walk through some things and hope that they could get better at it. Um, and, in even at the, even at the end, it's a couple of free throws. It's a turnover, and they win the game. Because remember, at this level, it's just just win, baby. Whatever you can do to put it together, it doesn't be perfect at all. Just get that win, and uh, they just about stole it uh, anyway. So, um, just but again, uh, the 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 Raptors are just too much. They were in, and I, again, we don't know as far as what uh, Kawhi is going to do because there's two trains of thought here. Either he has to stay because he just he's the savior. He won the you know the game for them, and he I think he bought a house. Are we going with that story that he bought a house in Toronto? I guess so. Okay, so let's pretend that happens. But somebody else, you know, the other train of thought could be: well, he's he got he did what he came there to do, so now he can leave because he's the sa- you know whatever he's the, his mission is accomplished and he can go to L.A. Um, I don't know, man. I I, well, I, I still don't well, think he can leave.
0: So here is what he said tonight: um, not answering the question necessarily but he said he wanted to come to a team that had the same mindset as he did and the Raptors had that and so that's a nice I think it's a nice way of saying that I'm in a place where I think I can succeed which is like that's a silly thing to ask he just won the finals so it's like obviously this is where he can succeed yeah. but I guess now that he's won the finals in two different places one finals MVP in two different places mm-hmm. which is mind-blowing then I guess he's not necessarily I guess at this point it's really about having the place in the lifestyle. Uh, which is probably 95% basketball, but also is a little bit kind of just like where he is and what he does with his time and all that kind of stuff. But like, yeah, I guess he probably isn't necessarily locked into needing to be somewhere where he's guaranteed to compete for a title. I think he probably wants to be somewhere where he's the happiest. And I can't imagine him being happier than the situation he's in right now, but maybe the Clippers can convince him still that, that that'll be there.
1: Yeah, I would think he'd be silly to leave also because look at what he's got. I mean, Lowry's not getting any younger, but Siakam is a superstar in the making, in my opinion. He's going to be really good. Uh, and Fred
0: and, will keep getting better.
1: And Fred VanVleet is, well, I mean, he's probably getting there, but he's so tough. He, he is, he. you know, he's not a starter, yeah, I don't think, but uh, it's he like... He could be as good as Lowry at some point. It's possible. Yeah, okay, right, and he's probably not that much smaller than Lowry. So, yeah, they could kind of flip him out into that role um, and by the way, <laughs> I want to make it clear. I love Fred VanVleet. I've championed him since he got in the league. So, And I think I loved yep. him when he was in college. So
0: I said he was my favorite player on this Raptors team last week, right?
1: Uh, yeah. So uh,
0: Actually, in a, a quick... Say it again? I was, oh, I was going to say uh, MVP voting just came out. Everybody voted for Kawhi Leonard except for Hubie Brown. And guess who Hubie Brown voted for?
1: He did for VanVleet, didn't he? Yep. Yeah, I'm sure he just did that because he knew he wasn't going to get it, but he wanted, he wanted to get some recognition. That's really nice of Hubie. Um, I wonder if uh, Van Vliet has anything in his contract that says if he gets a vote for uh MVP, <laughs> he gets some money.
0: Hard to imagine, but he's yeah. going to get himself a big contract yeah. very soon.
1: Th- that would be like George Lucas when he got the rights to the, the action figures of Star Wars. And everyone's like, gosh, okay, you can have them. And then, you know... Um, $10 right. billion dollars later. Oh, we have anything in the comments here we can go through here? Uh, Dreamline Inc. was Lowry in that first quarter was insane, and he was. I mean, that was crazy. And by the way, really key for them to get off to a good start, even though the Warriors matched them just about shot for shot. Um, and, and yet they, uh, the Raptors needed that. Otherwise, it could have been a, a real downer for them the rest of that game. Uh, what else do we see here? Jose Reyes, what do you think of the take of the Siakam as Draymond 2.0? Uh, I think Siakam already going to be light years ahead of him shooting wise as we progress. I think he's just he's on that progression where where I think we got what we got with Draymond. He bends his knees too much. He has really poor energy transfer. The times he makes is when he has to rush because then all of a sudden he gets better rhythm. So uh, I think Siakam could be as good now. Siakam, I don't I don't know if he's got the ability to do the defensive things that Draymond does. Right? We haven't really seen. I don't know. Have you seen any evidence that he could fill that kind of role? I think he could I mean
0: I compared we did like a segment where we compared him to Draymond um, in Draymond's like third year I feel like uh, back in probably April and I can't remember exactly when but we had a long discussion about why Siakam seems like he could be the next great defender I'm really high on him um, to turn into that kind of guy because I just look at the, the the lightness of which he moves like the way that he moves on his feet is so light for someone with that kind of length yeah it's kind of insane i think he'll be a little bit different than draymond but i think he overall can have a comparable impact um draymond's intellect is at like a bill russell or you know borderline bill russell level i mean it's insane yeah um i mean I, i didn't get to watch bill russell at this kind of level obviously i've watched plenty of bill russell but just not not at a level I get to with Draymond, so I don't know if it really is at that level. But Dray just reads everything so early, and it's like Dray just can kind of like just like turn his hips in the same position, knowing the way the play is going to go, and he somehow is already snuffed it out just by doing that. It's like yeah. it's just like this like subtle, brilliant mastery. Right. Siakam so is kind of like the other end of the spectrum where he's just he's able to cover the entire floor. And I remember there's this one play we talked about where he like defended the post closed out to a uh, to the kick out was able to funnel the guy all the way in and then block the shot and like the i think it was in the first round maybe and just the complexity the multitude of things that he did in this one position over like a five second span was just so there's just nobody else that could do that. Like prime LeBron could do that. Giannis is probably capable of doing that. Those are like the only guys I think that just have the physical tools to do it. He has the he has the work ethic to do it. He does seem like he's a really smart player and is probably going to continue to grow. I mean, he's still super early in his career. So he's got a lot of time till he really gets to that level. But I do think he's going to be the best defender in the NBA probably or at least like right
1: up there. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, well, yeah. Uh, okay. Interesting. I don't know if I can quite see that yet, but he's still so young. I think Scotty Pippen is what his trajectory can be, uh, and maybe ultimately shoot more and better threes on that end, too. I mean, again, we have to find out if he's going to facilitate like Scotty could do, but uh, I just think the sky's the limit for that guy. He started the, playing the game so late, and he's already caught up so far. We have some other Super Chats. Again, thank you guys so much. It's been so generous this whole time we've been doing these. Uh, Ignite the Chaotix from Canada. All right. Both teams came out strong, and the Raptors came out strong. Okay. Hope Clay will get better soon. We the North, absolutely on all that stuff. Jedi Jazz, a friend of the breakdown. Lowry and Fred Van Bleed played huge clap, clap, clap. Absolutely they did. We talked a little bit about both of those guys. The Shiny hackers, again, thank you uh, for the best friend of the breakdown. Now, all credit to the Raps, five game series with Dubs healthy. Um, well, then why is it six games then? Because the Dubs were not healthy. I don't know. Um, I think they're probably saying that Dubs would win in five if they were healthy. Oh, five game series with Dubs healthy. Interesting. Okay, uh, I don't think so. I mean, it, mm. the, the double the, the Warriors still would have had a hard, a really hard time with these guys. So, right, even with Kevin Durant. With the health, if if none of these guys were injured, I think the Warriors would
0: have won the series. But okay. probably would, it would have? Like I six, definitely think it would have gone six or seven. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Toronto because Toronto played like perfect basketball essentially in the series. Right.
1: NBW Doughboy, uh, another super chat, an Thank old you. favorite of mine. Yes, the friend of the breakdown. Do you think that these Raps would have beat the Seventeen Dubs? Oh my goodness gracious! Now we got to go back two years, right? It was seventeen. It was uh, it was the first Kevin Durant team, right? yeah um i guess that team was definitely playing
0: better so probably not no yeah. i mean if, if i don't not think Littleton the Warriors was
1: better yeah
0: yeah the warriors would not uh iguodala could still do anything scoring wise which is so ironic because how many points did he, did he have 20 tonight about he had seven. no he had five tonight okay i don't for some no, reason he had 22 Twenty-two. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm looking at the wrong box score. What the hell you are. Um. Yeah, I thought he had twenty tonight. Okay, so I don't know how Andre Iguodala had twenty-two points tonight because every mm-hmm. time he gets the ball with space, he looks to pass the ball to someone behind him. <laughs> it's remarkable. It's just that he hit what did he got like two or three. He, hit, he went three for six tonight, I think, from deep. Right. So he went for th- three for six. He got to the, you know got to the rack yeah. a couple times. It's a it's a miracle that he was able to score that many points because right. I haven't seen a player that gets that many minutes be so reticent to try to score the ball especially someone who just used to be such a good score like two years ago he was a good score four years ago he was basically a 20 point score I, I don't understand how this has happened with him.
1: But he's age. such a
0: great passer. He's such a smart player that he still makes it right. work somehow. It's well, incredible. Well, I
1: want, and you want to say age because it is, but like when he's jumping on those alley-oops, he looks like uh, you know a, a 28-year-old. It's crazy. It's,
0: it's not age. It's uh, It's got to be some sort of weird confidence thing. Yeah, um, probably. And it, I think a part of it, honestly, is that he's an extremely selfless player, and I think he's like, you know what? I'm surrounded by all the greatest scorers of all time. I need to make sure I just get the ball in their hands and not – Right. screw it up and i take the three when i need to take the three and hey right just credit he takes some like contested threes at the end of the shot clock like he did in the fourth quarter and he hits them
1: oh That's i know he, he had one that was ridiculous like it, he was like please somebody else shoot this and he had to throw it up at the shot clock and it went in and he had another one like that off of a few dribbles in the mid-range from about 16 17 that was also huge so uh it, it comes in and uh it, it's pretty crazy um anyhow let me see here we got another uh, another um what's it called super chat Hottest tracks. Thank you so much. To be honest, I think they should have put DeMarcus at power forward. Um, I don't know. Because then what you have is uh, you get, get, it's dangerous to have him there because he has to guard, I guess, Kawhi the way that some of those lineups are coming out there, right? I just think that DeMarcus had a hard time, uh, you know, finding a way to play defense and be effective. A, because of the, you know, his body clearly isn't 100%. And B, he's just never been good at that anyway, I guess.
0: He was kind of like a better Andrew Bogut, essentially, in this series which
1: is fine
0: yeah yeah i I mean he had a couple uh, mediocre games but i think overall he gave them exactly what they were hoping that he would give them um considering the circumstances like he played he was burly and he was physical and hey he I, i don't know if you saw me tweet it out but we talked last um last show about how we haven't seen him once attack from the elbow and get to the rim which is like his whole bread and butter. And it finally happened like at the end of the game tonight, that was really exciting. So yeah. I was really happy for him. Hopefully next year he'll you know be able to do that more frequently and get back to his you know, where? Of game. Where? Yeah. Not there. Not not he, in Oakland. Well, he didn't do enough this year to sorry, my, uh, I have, I have these ESPN box scores open where like every 20 minutes they decide to start playing
1: uh Oh yeah, you video. gotta no. Wait, wait, okay. Pro tip for everybody out there: you gotta mute the site on your Chrome uh if that's you what you're using. That's a thing. Yeah. Mute so, ESPN. Trust me.
0: The ESPN's the worst. But they, there's an extension that makes all the advanced box uh, stats show up. And for some reason, NBA stats no longer has their box scores work, working properly during the uh, playoffs. Like the play-by-play doesn't work right after the game's over. It's me oh, really? State. yeah Yeah, whatever point is um i can't remember what i was saying it probably wasn't a good point anyway um but uh i don't yeah boogie did not do enough this year to make a team feel comfortable giving him a multi-year deal or give him 15 to 20 million so it's very possible he just re-ups for another year on the mid-level but it kind of depends like would he rather make 10 million somewhere else or 5 million playing with them I, i would rather be healthy and make $5 million playing with this Warriors team and make another run at the title. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I would think so. And I guess the Warriors would probably be willing to have him back because he's as good as they're going to get at that position. So that's if they get him on a good deal. Uh, they call me Ray Four, has an interesting question. Why did Kerr have Cook out there instead of McKinney? Well, I mean, I think he obviously trusts Cook a lot more than he does McKinney. And that's just sort and of. Shooting. A, yeah. And yeah. And shooting. Although McKinney can hand a shot every now and then. But yeah, you want to have Cook out there. Uh, he's, he's proven that he, he feels more comfortable out there. Uh but you're right McKinney's defense was actually pretty good um and he's got he's got good size so you know I think that for what they needed that Cook was uh, was it um let's see here what uh should Masai Jury leave JD Guy 00, zero.
0: so oh, that was another up to one to give so uh, first was the first report that the Wizards, the reason why they haven't hired a GM this whole time is they were waiting to try to blow Masai Ujiri away which obviously I love as an idea and Woj tweets right after the game ends, like I think like the first tweet I saw after the game was over that the Wizards are going to offer Masai $10 million a year which would make him by far the highest paid uh, sole GM in the NBA, I think Pop might be getting close to that money but he you know, president with R.C. Buford running the front office. So this would be pretty unprecedented. Actually, Phil Jackson, I guess, was getting that, but that didn't even make sense. This at least, like, makes sense. right? And I think Masai has demonstrated that he's clearly worth it. He's one of the best executives in the NBA. So that'll be really, really fascinating. But, you know, I would assume that Toronto would pony up and be willing to match whatever Washington's trying to offer. But, you know, maybe Masai...
1: Oh boy, we lost Jared again. Anyway, let's, uh <laughs> I really wanted to hear what he's going to say on that one too. So um, he'll come back, I'm sure in a second. Um, let's try. Um, let me try that again. Let's see if I do that. Reconnect the previous session. Okay. He'll, oh, here he comes. Is he back? Are you there? All right. Wow. That was weird, but here you are. Okay, so finish that sentence about uh, Masai and and whether or not uh, Toronto's going to to, uh, I do not
0: think Toronto will let him go. I think Toronto will pony up. I mean, hey, they must have made enough money to cover his entire contract just with this finals run. Right. And he he truly, truly, truly has... I think he gets credit for building this championship team more than most executives get over the years that we've seen for building these teams. I mean, he just meticulously put them together, had the... Trust in the core guys that they had, and then made that trade and took a huge swing on Kawhi. And now, because he won, it's you know, the Kawhi can walk away and they feel they still feel great about that trade. They got what they wanted out of it, at the very least, even if he doesn't stay. So, um, He's he's the perfect – he's been the perfect GM. He really right. has been.
1: Yeah, and, and they may take the roll of dice thinking that whoever's his assistant there has learned the ropes well enough and he could take over. I don't know. We have a couple more Super Chats. Again, thank you guys so much for all the uh, the, uh, the, the the Super Chats uh, and how nice that is. Alexander Varga, Katie or uh, – oh, no, I'm sorry. I missed one. NBW Doughboy, uh, a multiple Super Chatter. Also, how would these raps fare against the 96 Bulls? Um, you know, let, let's get through the other ones real quick and we can track that. Alexander Varga, KD Not or Claw right. all time, your opinion and stats, and then uh, again, Ch- uh, Abimana Abimana says, if Kawhi stays, raps make to the finals again. All right, so these are all the three are fantastic questions. Um let's do the one about uh KD versus the the Kawhi. Um, I, I've been saying the last, you know, the last week or so that Kawhi is the best player in the NBA, uh, primarily because he's getting away with all these damn walks. He really has gotten to, to the, the superstar, superstar status where they don't call traveling on him anymore. And that has to indicate to me that he's way up there. One or two. Um, I guess KD is better all around. He is. He is. But maybe not anymore.
0: Well, definitely not right now. Um, right. I mean, yeah, I guess because of KD's injury and his age, I think that he's never going to get to this pinnacle that he was at before he got hurt just, you know, this year. And so I think Kawhi is now reaching that level. And so Kawhi will be the better player here on out. But they're what Kawhi is, what, five years younger than him. So, you know, it's not an yeah. even comparison. But KD at his top right. is better than Kawhi. KD okay. is, a you know, KD is peaked at a, as a top 10 player of all time. Kawhi is like one tier down from that, but Kawhi can keep growing from here and hit that level. He's just entering his prime right Wait, now. Wait, is Kawhi like, really just prime.
1: like twenty six? Is that what you just told me?
0: Uh is he I think he's twenty seven, right? Okay.
1: Either Double way, check. it's still pretty young. All right. So now, um, so we already kind of, we did talk about that for a second. If Kawhi stays, the Rats make it to the finals again. Oh, actually, we didn't really talk about it in that context. But he's 27. Um, I mean, listen, the, the Raptors are going to have their hands full again. I mean, I don't know what Boston is going to do or not, but certainly Milwaukee is going to be, they, they, I would imagine they're going to figure out how to improve. Um, the Sixers are, I imagine they're going to figure out how to improve. It's going those are gonna be two tough series for them to get back to the finals. Uh, but if Kawhi stays then yeah, you have to favor them, I think. Right. Well, the, the Sixers
0: are in a weird position because a lot of people don't expect them to keep both Tobias and Jimmy Butler. So, right. which is a massive shot in the foot. I feel that I actually, I would miss the assets that they gave up for Tobias more than the, the one that they gave up, uh, for Jimmy. So, uh, Philly's in a weird position where they actually might not get better. They might get better in the idea that they'll have Joel get a year better Ben Simmons could take another leap forward which I mean frankly if he just makes some even just like modicum of progress on his jump shot he would take a massive leap forward mm-hmm. so they can they, but I think that they'll, they won't be as strong across the board as they were and like we gotta remember if Kawhi's shot did not bounce in at the end of game 7 there against Philly all of history is completely could be completely changed. I mean, Toronto could have gone on to win in that overtime, and then it's still the same story. But like, yeah. obviously, if, if they if Philly won that game, then everything is completely different. And then, yeah, I guess Milwaukee got better. I mean, Giannis Giannis is probably going to win MVP, and he still has a lot of weaknesses in his game. He needs to get better at, and he's still really young. He's he's still like another contract away from his prime, basically. So it's insane how much better he can become. Um, and then, yeah, Boston is. They might kind of just take a step back because Kyrie, there's so much momentum of Kyrie going to Brooklyn right now that, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Boston could make the AD trade and they would probably be better than they were last year, which, hey, maybe that's enough for them to somehow squeak by all these teams and become, you know, get into the finals. But the East should be super competitive again. Not to mention if Kyrie does go to the Nets, the Nets were already pretty solid. The Nets will probably take a step towards that top tier as well.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy if this is all sort of falls into place and the East becomes better than the West all of a sudden, and it's in a hurry, you know. And if, if the Warriors can't keep things going, uh, you know, then the things sort of fall apart very quickly. It's crazy. Uh, let's just quickly address the Raps against the 96 Bulls. Having been to every 96 Bulls game uh, in, in Chicago Stadium, or actually it was Amer- uh, United Center at that point, um, I, I would think that the Bulls really match up well against this, this team and would beat them. I, I, don't think, uh, I, think the, I think they have enough of the defenders to be able to handle what the, the, the Raptors, so I would definitely go with the Bulls.
0: Yeah, I think that Bulls team actually played a much more similar style to this Toronto team than to the Warriors. I think there's a lot of similarities there. I think that MJ probably would have run a ton of pick and roll if he had played a generation later as well. Uh, He probably would. Hell, MJ probably would have been the greatest pick and roll playmaker of all time if he had played in this generation, and he probably would have shot threes. It would have scored forty five thousand points instead of thirty one thousand points. So yeah,
1: he would have probably been like a a, a, a better version of like Lillard. Well. I don't know. I, he wouldn't have shot. I don't know. I but kinda, the, I kind of think he would just be a better version of
0: Kawhi. I think you know him okay. and Kawhi, there's a lot of similarities. I mean, their their I guess aesthetic style is a little bit different, but as far as yeah. their shot profile, as their capability, the way they use their wingspan and their ability to palm the ball to finish in certain ways and their foot control, you know, their balance to yeah. finish. I feel like he would do what Kawhi is doing, but just he would be more explosive. He would be kind of more quick twitch aggressive. Yeah. Um, it would no, be at would. a different level he,
1: yeah. uh, Michael just had better vision and a better ability to make passes out of that stuff which I think we're still waiting for Kawhi to develop and I think he can Although, and that's this, that
0: next stage that yeah. KD is KD to his credit he's definitely achieved a lot
1: oh yeah when, 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 when Westbrook went down and KD won the uh, the MVP that year in OKC I, he was like a point guard in my mind he was facilitating as well as he was scoring so he's, he's proven that and I think and Michael had that same ability when he wanted to do it like that and I just think that yeah Kawhi just needs to get, you know, a little bit out of the box uh, on some of the passes. He just he can make the very, very tr- normal, easy pass, which is fine. You know, he'll get his four and a half assists a game. But he has to get to like six before we kind of start to see him, uh, you know, opening up that whole part of him. Another couple of Super Chats. Again, thanks so much. Uh, Don't Get Merc uh, wants to say, do I talk about the no timeout coach? Um, I think what he means is there was a a moment there where the Raptors didn't call timeout coming back down. um, I'm forgetting exactly the situation, but I remember thinking (laughs) Nick Nurse is not going to call timeout for the life of him after the last uh, last game and how we ripped him so badly. Uh, It turned out okay. Do you remember what I'm talking about, Jared, what possession that was? Uh, I can't remember the exact possession, but I remember there being a weird, a weird timeout situation, right? Or that he didn't call it. timeout; he let him go. Yeah. And I, I think what might have even happened was they missed the shot, but they get the offensive rebound and then it got kicked out and they hit like a three or maybe that was. Oh, you know what? That might have been the Lowry crazy fadeaway in Steph's face. That was like from about 15 feet going That's across right, yeah. the lane. It might have been that one, which was like, again, the other kid that killed the Warriors were second chance points. Um, they, they just couldn't get some of those key rebounds they needed. And that would have really changed the game too. Uh, and then the Raptors just completely took advantage. Uh, Devon Hills, uh, says love the channel. I know they had injuries, but does this game series hurt Curry's playoff legacy and image of not showing up in big moments? You know, there's a little twinge of that. I could see how people might want to argue to some degree, um, that, that he has, you know, struggled a little bit in some of these playoff games, but he's also come up big as well. By the end of this game though, I, I don't know what you're expecting them to do. They're doing boxing one. They're just hanging on him. You know, it, it was really tough for a guy in his position to to try and create off of that, I would think.
0: Yeah, I, I um I, I don't I don't think that I think he had a very good series. Um he had the one all timer with the forty-five point eight and eight or seven whatever. Uh, last couple of games, he's really gone off, and I mean, don't forget, he's also playing off of Clay, and Clay, Clay was amazing in this game, and Clay was the one that really dominated this game before um, before he went down, and then once he went down, it was a lot easier for them to key in on Steph, and they were they were switching off ball and then doubling on him a little bit. I mean, they were really being physical with him. Now, I think that it's just going to be kind of natural to his position, but as a small guy who plays off ball, he a lot of the time he's going to struggle more as he goes deeper into the playoffs because defenses are going to be allowed to get more physical with him off the ball. And that's a reality situation. And it is one of the vulnerabilities that he has in his, you know, in the goatness conversation, I guess you would have when you compare it to the big physical wings. This is why historically teams have been built around big physical wings that for title contention, because usually those are the guys that can thrive off of the physicality as you go deeper and deeper into the playoffs. And That proved true again this time around as Kawhi is the new prototype for that position. And his strength and his ability to finish through contact is what really dominated the series in in the fourth quarter of games.
1: Absolutely. You know, there's a really good question. I can't find who it was now. This damn scrolling thing went by. But it basically was who deserves the credit for the title? Is it Nick Nurse or does it Kawhi Leonard? Uh, You know, it's it's not
0: an either or thing. It's
1: both. Yeah. I mean, it is because we're also trying to compare like Nick Nurse versus uh, Dwayne Casey and it's a little bit unfair because Nick Nurse gets Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green, he you now they get rid of a, a toxic duo that was simply wasn't going to win in the playoffs anyway and that, you know, it, it, it's hard to know how that kind of, all that is affected, but, you know, certainly they could turn to Kawhi, let him go, but yeah, aside from some clock management issues that we saw scattered throughout a little bit, uh, Nick Nurse's, everything he did turned to gold. Everybody he put in would just contribute the way he needed to, and so you gotta give him as much uh, props, as any, pop, uh, props as anybody else, because uh, he really managed these games really well, and you know what, I'm sure he'll he'll kind of like, it with now that he's got some more experience, and that is a situation, we probably won't see uh some of those things that you know you would all scratch our head and say, like, why did you call two timeouts in a row in game five? Or that those kind of things.
0: Yeah, for me the biggest thing is the system that he created and we've been credited, you know, Steve Kirk got so much credit for building this incredibly revolutionary and beautiful system. And people, there's a lot of talk about, like, whether Steve Kerr was actually a good coach and did a good job managing games. Or was it just that he was a great people person and he designed this great system? And I think he's great across the board, frankly. Um, yeah, I thought the, I thought I think those were all misnomer conversations. But Nurse has achieved the same, not quite at that same level, but he achieved generally the same thing here where he just he figured out one, a system that worked a fairly simple system. Um, where he, he did a, I thought a, I, I had seen a couple of people whose opinions I really respect kind of, uh, question whether or not they were utilizing Kawhi properly and saying how like the offense gets better overall when Kawhi isn't out there. And those are the same things that people say about KD. I think it's as simple as that when you have a great dominant isolation score, the offense might not as a whole look as pretty as it usually does, but that's because you have something you can go to that isn't necessarily pretty but works really well and the teams that win are the ones that are able to still execute the system well in between those isolation stints and nurse, I think really over the course of the finals and in the conference finals as well, really managed to maintain that energy and balance. He'd use the right combinations out there. He had a good feel of when to mix up double big versus going small. How do you see outcome properly? Um, and they just, they never really had any real down moments in their offense. I mean, there are a couple like, you know, huge runs that the Warriors made in this series, but there were, it was pretty much just like consistently good offense from right. Toronto the entire series.
1: And, and, and even when they were, they do a little bit of a scoring drought, usually the, the shots they'd get were pretty good somewhere near the lane, like just barely missed, like almost get a tip, and they don't get that to go in. So, yeah, what he built there is, is, you know, uh, not the I don't know if it's the equivalent of what Kerr did to revamp the, the offense when he got into uh, to Golden State, but certainly um, he certainly unlocked some things for them as well. And by the way, there's there's an interesting parallel. Siakam sort of getting the opportunity to do that. You know, uh, maybe he doesn't do that if OG is healthy to start the season. And it's a little bit like Draymond Green. Uh, getting the opportunity when David Lee went down—if we can remember that—hundred uh, years ago. So there's an interesting parallel there. And again, that's why we probably could think of Siakam and, and Draymond in some weird parallel thing. But we already talked about that earlier and how it, uh, they don't—you know—they're on different paths. But uh, listen, uh, here's another interesting. We have a couple questions. Maybe as we wrap this up, um, Cactus Stu just wants to know if uh, I think that we think that Clay hurt is ACL. And I, I think there's no question he hurt his ACL. It's just a question of how severe it is, um, and it's it's could, not could good. have been
0: MCL. But uh, yeah,
1: I was talking with another it's doctor, a, it's a and and he'd be so he's like it could be, but it looked like he I think he felt it was ACL more than anything else. Um, but without question, he's it's a, it's a serious injury, and uh, you know the only. Saving grace maybe is in today's medicine, they, those guys come back, you know, without too many ill effects. Uh, unlike the Achilles, which is going to take a year and then maybe another year after that to see. And even then, you know, I don't know, it's, it's, it might not be uh, like, not like an ACL. Uh, Benjamin Beers asked an interesting question. Uh, did the Memphis Grizzlies make a home run higher to their new head coach, Taylor Jenkins? Do you know him at all? Because I don't. I have
0: I have minimal experience with him, so not enough to form a good opinion on the show. Okay,
1: yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's a it was a eyebrow raising. Uh, you know, I I hadn't even known he was you know in, in the mix necessarily for that. So uh, we'll find out. But they're certainly in the rebuild mode. So they're gonna they're all gonna start from where they are and go go up from there. Um, let's see here. Anything else that we grab? Uh, who do you got winning coach of the year? Another one for Benjamin Pierce. Another good question. Uh, I mean, I would give it to Nick Nurse now if they if they voted the way they're supposed to, which is after the season is completely over, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And he might get it anyway, though, right? Or, or is it going to be Budenholzer?
0: No, it'll be Bud. Bud. Bud got it. I've been told that Bud got it.
1: Okay. So. Yeah, and that's fine. He deserved it, too. They had a fantastic regular season. So um, without question. Uh, I'm sorry. But,
0: I should clarify. When I say I've been told, I mean... A bunch of people told me they've heard that from enough people that there are enough votes for Bud that it's pretty obvious he has it. But I, I don't have inside knowledge from the NBA's front office that he did actually win it. But right. that's expectation.
1: All right. Well, that there's your answer there. Uh, anything else maybe in the uh, periscope here? Um,
0: this is uh, Jared Weiss, NBA, commenting here. Uh, I hope everybody can see the image of... Pascal Siakam, draped in the Cameroon flag, holding a bottle of champagne with glass, with goggles on. I just retweeted it. Jared Weiss, NBA, go follow. Uh, it's one of the great images in NBA history.
1: <laughs> All right. I'm going to check that out. Let's like J.R. Smith
0: level of swag. It's pretty right. amazing.
1: Well, listen, Jared, it's a, it's a little sad because I don't know when we're going to do this again. I guess we'll have to try and do it again yeah, We just keep again. going for
0: another hour right now. I mean, there's so much more. We haven't even talked about the future of the, of the Warriors or any of that fun stuff. We'll have to we'll have to come back and do another one. All right, yeah, because we're you know we're getting
1: yeah it's getting late it's getting along the tooth. Uh, Let's see, JV, uh, thank you so much for that super chat. Blue Diamond Gem says, "I seem a little salty." The Raptors won, which you know what? I just want this making me laugh hysterically (laughs) because if you look at the comments in today's video, we went over the refs calls everyone was screaming at me that I'm like completely biased against the Warriors <laughs> and now I'm suddenly I'm salty the Raptors won I, I, I think the only reason why I'm a little bit like first of all the reason why I'm feeling this way is a it's kind of sad when the season's over you never I never want to see that I if I had a game seven it's you know it's better for business I guess in theory um, so I wouldn't want to end it there either so that that might be the only reason why you sense that because I'm really excited that the Raptors won. I think it's a it's just an amazing story for them. to have gone through what they did and um and, and just like you know and beat the Warriors. I mean or whatever version of the Warriors this was. So uh, no, I'm not salty at all. I am simply and I am salty I guess that the you know the season's over. But it's not over because there is free agency. There's the NBA. draft. Actually, let's go the right order. Uh, NBA draft, free agency, summer league. Um, retro breakdowns of old games. Uh, Jared, you and I can still record our podcast this way every every once a week, and we can still do it, you know.
0: If I have to, okay.
1: All right, fine. Well, listen, you know, we can do it maybe a better hour of the day. people are awake. That's,
0: That's true. Yes, I am. I am looking forward to not trying to fall asleep uh, during the tail end of these because it's one. It's almost one a.m. for me here. It's yeah. been a, It's been long. Well, I mean, a couple things to say. First off, we all know that if there's a big, if there's any. One that is the biggest Toronto Raptors hater in the world. It's definitely Nick. Um, well done, <laughs> established fact. Uh, you, we people have been calling you yeah, an anti-Raptors uh, home Sixers. They were calling you a Sixers homer and anti-Raptors back during that series. They uh, were. Yeah, I remember that was a whole thing with the commenters. Even as we were like breaking down why Kawhi Leonard was so historically remarkable, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and I again, was comparing like, yeah. him to Kobe and his prime, and people were saying that that was a diss, and I'm like.
1: And I'm People saying, I mean, Kobe you know, I'm, was. I'm saying he's the best player in the NBA right now. So it's like, I don't know, but we got a couple more super chats flying in here. My like, God, thank you guys all. Jordan, Jordan, the fourth nurse's offense is nothing special. Ooh, his players, great defense, along with transition points mask his lack of offense. Well, listen, man, that orchestration they were doing in the pick and roll. was a thing of beauty. I don't think we can go dismiss that. Right, Jared?
0: Well, so he's like this that's kind of half of what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that he developed a he, he's coordinated a very simple but effective offense. His offense is not like what Steve Kerr did, which was okay. Was They're running a lot of high pick and roll. They're you know doing a good job of spacing with the right guys in the right positions to try to get Draymond out of position. They did a really good job of just placing guys using the right personnel so that they could run a high pick and roll scheme or let uh Kawhi go into isolation or run high low so that they could use the dunker spots to their advantage, and that was the huge thing that they were doing was they were getting a lot of high low action where they would pull two warriors defenders up high so that there was only one warrior defender to to deal with two bodies down towards the bottom of the paint, and they were kind of just getting guys out of into rotation and getting a lot of easy finishes at the rim, and that's where Siakam and Ibaka really thrived in the series.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah,
0: it was just kind of it was smart good offense like the they never had incredible offense they just played right, very right. good offense all the way through very consistently no yeah. drop-offs and that's would- what made it great.
1: And they threw a Spain pick-and-roll in there every once in a while. They used it a lot more, I think, in the last series. And uh, But the Warriors were a little bit better at, at switching that and covering it, so they didn't do that. But they also did some nice things with a little bit of motion into the pick-and-roll, so it made the, the, the defense be a little bit more sieve-like or it has more, more openings for them to attack. So that was good. We had some, I got a lot more Super Chats. All of a sudden, thank you, guys. Uh, Varun Riz- Rizbud, uh, another friend of the breakdown, I believe. How did, the, how did Clay went, How did he go from walking to crutches? And, uh, you know, listen, adrenaline is a powerful thing, man. Adrenaline. Like when you're, when you're hopped up. Uh, you can do some crazy stuff, and then all of a sudden, when it, when it dies down, you're in a lot of pain and you're seriously injured. Edgar, wow, very generous of you. Thank you. The Warriors have gotten luck with other teams having injuries: Kyrie, Love, Chris Paul, Kawhi. Yeah, right. That's another one of those karmic things, perhaps, where you know they had kind of dodged a bullet for a long time with mostly with injuries from their main guys, and uh, you know it's just going to happen. It just happens. It's a lot of games over a lot of time. Um, it's too bad that it happened to Clay the way it did because he was like a dunk and the guy, you know. Had to go Go for a you know he, I think was it Lowry who went for the block? It was Danny Green. Oh, it was, it was Green. like okay, the best
0: the best yeah. like transition blocker by o wing in the game, and yeah. I didn't I had no issue with that block, and I, yeah. I don't think anybody did. Obviously, no. Twitter did because Twitter oh, really okay full of yeah. idiots, but whatever. Anyway, Eric um, Quinn,
1: uh, thank you for your super chat. I really appreciate that. Uh, Verun Roosbud again. If uh, if Clay was playing, the Warriors would have won this, and I think we both agreed earlier that that was that would probably be true, right?
0: If Warriors had Durant, they would have
1: won. This. Oh, okay. No, I well, okay, okay. For Game Six, if Clay continued to play, I think oh, they win. Game I think six.
0: so. It probably, yeah. Okay,
1: uh, and then Le Le Championant. Uh, it's time to trade Steph after next season. His max contract is going to bring them down. He is not a clutch player. Well, I think he's a clutch player, uh, but here that is a, not a bad point. That at some point, your superstars. Lose enough value where, like, if you don't trade him, you get stuck with them, and then you're gonna get saddled with them. You know, it's harder to rebuild after that. We saw that with the member the Celtics with uh, with Mikhail and Bird did that. They, they, you know, but but you can't trade him. You cannot trade Steph Curry. It just it just can't happen. I mean, maybe if he requested it in some weird way, you know, they go back to North Carolina or whatever. But you can't trade Steph Curry, right? You can't. You couldn't trade Michael Jordan. It just doesn't. They're happen. not.
0: They're not. Yeah, they're not gonna do that. Yeah, they're gonna. He, he's a. He's a historic icon. Um. I don't think Myers is the kind of guy that could do it. Hey, if Danny Ainge was the GM, he would do it, but he's not. I don't think Bob would do it. Um, Steph is just so valuable to that. He's just, he is so unbelievably marketable in a way that's well beyond Paul Pierce or Kevin Garnett, as much as they're beloved in that city. And uh, he's, he's at a level that like Dirk was in Dallas where he is a godlike figure in the Bay area. He defines what that team means. Now, who knows? Maybe if he gets hurt and he starts struggling in his mid thirties, because he's still got about like two or three years until that happens, so he gets to that age, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that changes things. And for the last two years, they want to move on from him. But I mean, he's going to be making what fifty million. So even if they continue with cap inflation, I still I think he'd be making so way too much for a team to trade him. Um, right. To, you know, give up good prospects that would add up to that incredible amount of money. Um, I guess they're going to probably have to increase the rookie scale. In the next CBA to try to compensate for how high these max salaries are going with the supermax, but yeah, um, yeah I, I just don't see that happening.
1: Right. Well, listen, uh, I think we uh, we made all our great some great points tonight. Another great show uh, and a great uh, audience questions as well, and also so the super chats. Thank you so much. Um, so, Jared, I mean, I think uh, this is going to be it for tonight. So, okay, uh, one
0: one more question, I guess. Okay. I'll finish off the season. Will be. The Warriors, um, I guess, let's just say the Warriors run it back with this team, which I guess it doesn't matter if KD resigns or not because he's not going to play next year most likely. Okay. Um, and let's say they even manage to keep Boogie and Boogie's healthy. Do you think the Warriors are, and let's say the Raptors stay the same? Who is the favorite to win the NBA title next year? Is it whoever trades for AD? Is it one of these two teams?
1: All right. And are we assuming that Kawhi is going to stay in, in Toronto?
0: Assuming that yeah, the, wow. assuming the Raptors run it back as well,
1: right? Well, I mean, here's the thing: we've seen like when the Bulls first won their championship, I remember like in '91, and they like they got the glow, and they went on, you know, they went to two more. They really like believed they had the experience. So a lot of times, what we'll see is that second year, they 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 win like 65 games and they destroy everybody and they go, you know, 16 and three in the playoffs. So I could see the the Raptors like somehow, you know, running it all back and being better and all those things. So they could get back there. Okay, that that well, that's one. The Warriors are gonna have, um, you know what? Again, what what's happening in the West? You know, the, are the Rockets gonna break this thing up? Are they gonna be any better or not? I mean, they didn't really pose as much of a threat this year. Um, they're trying to they're
0: trying to retool right now to make another run at it. That's what they've okay. definitely been trying to pull off.
1: Right. And so well, I don't know if they can pull that off. And if it works, we have, uh, you know, Portland and you have uh, Utah and Denver. Denver might be the one that seems to be the most ascendant. So, um, you know, it's going to be really hard for the Warriors. I think without question, it's going to be a struggle. Again, a sixth straight finals is a completely improbable, probably unlikely. So I would say that, that, no, it's not as likely for them that they're going to make it back. Uh, but the, I think the Raptors, uh, I would give them a, a, re- a good, legitimate shot at 70% chance getting back.
0: So this is funny. So literally, right as I was asking you this question, the odds popped up for next year's champion on my Twitter feed.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Number one at plus one ninety, and then number two after them is plus four fifty for Milwaukee, which is like a pretty big gap. Number three is plus one thousand is Toronto. So number one is Golden State. So wow. Golden State is a pretty heavy favorite. Um, right. Houston is take, right behind I would bet Toronto. Houston's right behind Toronto. Then the Knicks are right behind Houston, and then Boston, Clippers, Sixers are right behind the Knicks, okay. and then the Lakers right behind them, and then Brooklyn, Denver is like a bit of cushion, and then it really drops off from there.
1: Yeah, um, and by the way, I, I mean those are nice, but like we got to find out what happens to free agency and the draft before you can even look at that stuff. I think And right, things are going to sure. radically change. Sure. Uh, we got oh, by the way, another bunch of super chats just flew in here. Um, so Varun Rispote again says, thanks for the live session. See you on draft night. So, Jared, we should probably do this on draft night live. Probably,
0: yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. It's yeah, a week from today, right? Is it really? Oh, my God. All right, yeah. well, we'll be back for the draft. All
1: right, and then it'll be earlier, and i got to actually be... start studying everybody because I don't even know half the people on the draft yet. Uh, yeah, Chris, sure. Christian Nowak, uh what's KD, Clay's, and DMC's future? Well, we know that uh, KD won't play next year. Uh, Clay will be out. Uh, you know, the ACL is, what, four or five months these days?
0: I would expect Clay will be ready for the regular season, depending okay. on the severity of the injury. Yeah. and, and we, then, it, yeah. It lets, like We don't know if it's a severe knee sprain that could have him out for two months or it could be a partial tear or a full tear. That could right. lead to six to eight months. Who knows? But right, yeah,
1: yeah. And then Demarcus Cousins is, I think, fifty fifty coming back uh, and signing like a MLE or something with the Warriors, I guess. But um, I, I, at most, is fifty percent chance. I would say, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Okay. Um, I want to give a shout out to Worldwide Bob, uh, who has maybe the greatest tweet of all time. It's Patrick McCaw has never not won an NBA championship.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure that's going to get a lot of favorites. Uh, By the way, Rob is a friend of the breakdown. He's been on the show and uh, we've done stuff together. So uh, it
0: it has 16,000 favorites in one hour. So yeah, props
1: to him for, you know, shooting right past me on Twitter popularity when I, I thought I had it. Uh, but good, you know, there's something to be said for following back. <laughs> if you look at Rob's following followers thing, uh that that's what he. I think that's a good. You know what's weird though? In. He
0: doesn't follow me. He's like liked a bunch of tweets of mine too, but he doesn't really. Follow me for some so you're one of the. You know, he he you're follows 320,000 300, people, yeah, <laughs> but he doesn't right. follow me. Yeah, I must well, be on a list or something like that. I'll, I don't know. I'll,
1: I'll make, I, Maybe I can. Uh, I'll put a call in for you, so we'll see. I've after.
0: met him before once. He was a very nice guy. And he's, he's great. Yeah. He's yeah. absolutely insane and amazing at what he does. I'll give him credit.
1: Absolutely, wow. I remember having lunch with him when he had like fifty thousand followers, and we, you know, talking. So, props oh. to him. He's really, you know, he's having a Periscope right now. That's probably, you know, killing our Periscope, but we're killing him on the YouTube side. So that's what all matters. There you
0: go. Okay. Anyway, there's got we I there all is right. one real last question, and then we'll, okay. we'll shut this thing down. Squeeze it out. This, this is the biggest question. Golden State, five years, three championships. Yeah. They were called the greatest team ever when they were at their true peak, like the last two years. In hindsight, do you think they were they the greatest team ever? So you see, this as kind of the end, and did they not live up to their complete potential?
1: I think I see it as the end, and I don't know three titles in five years. Is that what it is? Three and four, yeah. three and five now, three and five. Three um, five. You know, uh, yeah, I think that's... And, and then, you know, this this one's a little tough. If you're a Warriors fan, you probably want to put an asterisk on it. Um, so, I, I think that they are. I think, when, I think at their height, at their powers, when they had all those guys going, that was the best team we've seen. Bar none. Right?
0: All right. I, I'm okay with it. I mean, it's really... Because the Bulls, we think of the Bulls as only winning six, but MJ was suspended or whatever it was for two years and... I mean, I I would assume they probably would have won eight straight if he hadn't gotten hurt. So I think
1: so.
0: Yeah. So it's so hard to say that this team is better. I like this team better than that team. And if you're playing under today's rules, I would assume that this team would be better than that Bulls team. Um, And we're just you can't really count the Celtics from back then. It was a different game. And it's just so far long ago. And the players nowadays are just physically at a different level than what they were.
1: Yeah, but you got to judge them in the moment that they played. And that was certainly when you had McHale and uh, Bird and uh, Parrish. Age, oh no, uh, i am talk
0: about the, the the one from the sixties, like Bill Russell's. Oh team. no. And yeah. okay,
1: in the same deal there. Yeah, I mean they had all those Hall of Famers. So yeah. those they, they deserve to be judged in their era and those are also amazing teams. But yeah, I just I don't know. It just feels like even when Boogie was playing this year and you had the other guys, you know, I know they didn't win the title, but there's a you know a reason one reason why. So uh but we haven't we hadn't seen a collection of talent, uh, at least top heavy like that ever. You know, I know that the Sixers in the '70s had uh, four All Stars, but not like that. So, yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, yeah, I sco- would, You know, but did they, but they, they live up to their 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 potential? I, I think so. I think that they, you know, to win a title was really hard, and win a two in a row was really hard. You know, I think they did about as well as they could. I mean, you know, yeah. I I don't think I'd not think i would i would knock them down for that.
0: Yeah, I think I probably agree. Although I still think the 2013 Spurs were the greatest team of all time. So that's just me. <sighs> yeah,
1: and they didn't win. Well, yeah. uh Justin Gaming dude is giving away an, uh, an iPhone XR and, and I'll give him a shout out for for doing a super chat for that one. So good yeah, a smart move on okay. his part. And an um yeah, it seems like it's kind of expensive, but maybe an iPhone XR is more than 1500 bucks. I don't know. I mean, if they're
0: stolen, they're probably pretty cheap to give away, right?
1: But That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we're but we're not sponsored by hot iPhones this one. So all right, Jared, I'll see you back here then next week for the draft. Let's do a live show then, and we'll, we'll break down some stuff. We'll have to figure out how we want to do that and, and uh, react and whatever. But uh, you did not have time to study up on some draft choices?
0: That's right, yeah. I'm uh, trying to get uh, my, my uh, dorts uh, up and all that. I clearly am not ready for this. Whatever. I'll get ready. It'll be okay. fun. We'll right, do an we'll extra note breakdown of how everybody walks to the podium, how they put their hat on, all
1: that all that good stuff. Yeah, what, what the inside of their jacket lining looks like. Okay. That's um, the game, though, yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for everybody who joined us tonight. Uh, again, it's just uh, the season is not over, so don't think anything is going away. I got so much to bring you guys uh, on YouTube. It's not even funny. It'll probably be even bigger than it was now, and it usually is every year this time of year Great. right after the finals. So, uh, and Jared, we'll see you up on the Athletic, uh, writing some good stuff. I hope. Uh, I hope it, it might be good. It, it'll probably be
0: mediocre, but I think it'll be good.
1: All right. Well, you know, do, you don't, that's, don't,
0: that's why I plugged to end the season.
1: Don't slow, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> Anyhow, well, There uh, going to be a
0: lot of great stuff coming on the Athletic. So, yeah. all right, awesome, and including some Coach Nick videos too.
1: Yes, I gotta do one for now. Now I gotta do one. Alright, so stay tuned for all of that and thank you guys for being here. And don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel, we're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Jared?
0: I'm an off season mode.